Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode five of the Merry-Go-Round podcast. Well, you guys, it's been a minute since I've released an episode, and that is because I was sick. I actually wasn't even able to play in the MLP Atlanta event this past weekend, which was a bummer because if you know me, you know I would play a pickleball tournament every single weekend if I could, but it was good to support my friends and watch a lot and also support my team, the Miami Pickleball Club. They made it to the semifinals, Tyson McGuffin, Federico Staxrude, Hurricane Tyra Black and Allison Harris, who filled in for me, they all played amazing. And I feel like we're going to carry that momentum into the LA event this November. So SoCal friends, please come support the Miami Pickleball Club and also support Maggie's team, the Columbus Sliders. They played well all weekend, but unfortunately, my team had to be the reason they were eliminated. So Let's hope that Maggie and I are not in the same pool this November. Now I want to introduce you guys to my guest for the day. He is one of the kindest, most genuine humans on tour. He is also a premier level MLP player for the Chicago Slice. This guy is from Oregon. He is a father of two, and he also made the switch from a full-time job to full-time pickleball this May. Here is one of my favorite mixed partners ever, Eric Lang. Hello, Eric. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Where are you calling from this morning? Um, I am in uh, my home, Westland. So just just outside of Portland. Okay. In the PNW, you have some time back at home in between tournaments to train and whatnot. I I do. Yeah. No, it'll be... uh, you know, long trip to Atlanta. We missed you out there. Um, too bad you weren't able to make it, but hopefully you're feeling better. I know I'm feeling better. You know, at least my voice is back for the purpose of this podcast and that we could talk a little bit because I definitely wanted to talk about how from 1.30 to 2.15, you were the best player in the world last weekend. I believe it was on Friday or Saturday. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, I, I mean, clearly I, I had a, a moment, which was which was very enjoyable. Um, you know, playing alongside Ben makes it really easy to focus on just a few things, right? So so he allows me to, you know, he gives me the scouting report. I know what I'm supposed to do, and he makes it really easy. And I just happen to start feeling it, you know, and, uh, um, you know, I played Riley a bunch of times and, and, and Christian a few times and, and, you know, he's gotten the better of me probably more times than, than not, but, you know, for this one moment, uh, in, in a big event, uh, on center court, it was nice to, to get the upper hand and, and play really well. So it really enjoyable experience for me and Ben oh hopefully gosh. too. Oh my gosh, Eric, you did not miss. I was screaming at the TV because I was like, yes, Eric, yes, this is so good. It was incredible. And like you just said, so playing alongside Ben, had you guys ever teamed up for anything before? Or was this the first time you guys have played together? I mean, I've, I've been playing against him, right, for seven years, my, my whole entire you know career. Uh, and so I, I know what he's good at. And he's he's very disciplined, right? He he sticks to his plan, doesn't deviate, uh, makes it really easy on his partners. 
to know what he's going to do at all times. Um, so I just need to be prepared to, to let him do what he does, give him maximum touches on the ball. Uh, and occasionally, if, if something's coming at me, uh, you know, find a way to get him involved or hit it back really hard. One of the two. So, nice. um, you know, he, he made it easy uh, on, on me in, in that particular match and really throughout the weekend. Oh, that is so good to hear. I mean, I'm excited to watch you guys team up again soon. And like you mentioned, you've been playing against Ben and players like Riley. You know, I was going to say how I heard in one of his interviews how you guys go way back. You guys have been playing against each other for years. What have those battles been like over the years? Like, do any come to mind specifically of like those battles with those guys? You know, one of my very first tournaments, I actually played with Riley and we played in Las Vegas. And this was in, I think, 2018 in the summer. And you know, we were both kind of newer players, but up and coming. And and we we played and and we went zero and two. You know we had a we had a terrible day and that's that's the only time I've actually played a tournament with with Riley. I guess it didn't go well, uh, but but that's clearly, hard to imagine. I know, but but clearly he's you know he's become one of the best players in the game. He's very active, uh, really athletic. Um, he's got so many skills. Um, you know, so uh, he he managed to to insert himself really well in both men's and mixed. Um, so definitely admire him and, and his skill set. And, and we have played some some matches over the years. And like I mentioned, he's gotten the better of me and, and probably more than more than most. Uh, but, you know, certainly in this one match at this one moment for that half an hour period of time, I, I felt like, uh, you know, I was on top of the world. So it was great. You were on fire. It was so good to see. And wow, it was just such a good weekend for your team. And it'll be fun in November for you guys to run it back. Yeah. You know, the, the team experience was, was great. So we, you know, we stayed in a, in a house together. Um, you know, just, it, it's kind of interesting the behind the scenes stuff, right? So, so stuff that, that fans don't typically see how players interact with each other, how, you know, at the house, we, we, we actually don't really talk about pickleball too much. You know, it's, it's about <laughs> other stuff, right? It's about just, you know, our general life and, and what we're doing and maybe in my case, my kids. And, yeah. um, you know, so, so we try to make it not about pickleball. And I think that helps kind of the chemistry of the team on court. You, you just learn more about uh, your teammate, your, your, your new friend. Right. And uh, then, then you really want to perform uh, for, for both yourself and for them. Uh, Cause you're in it, you're in it together. So, you know, the time spent with Jesse uh, and Lacey was, was great. Got to know those two people even better. Um, and obviously Ben as well. So yeah, really good chemistry with our team and uh, hope to run it back in about a month. Oh, that's so good to hear. Yeah, the team chemistry is so important because when you're on the same page, it just makes things gel even more and brings more success. So that's great to hear. Well, I want to transition a little bit into your specific pickleball journey, how you got started and how things have changed over the years. Let's hear it. Sure. So um, I worked for Head Pen Racket Sports um, as a regional sales manager for the last 10 years. Yeah. And about mm, seven years ago, Head got involved in pickleball. We started making paddles, right? Yeah. And um, I was a tennis player. I just come off some injuries from, from tennis. Um, and so pickleball kind of came at the right time. And, and as I was out, you know, selling the new product, um, you know, I realized that I needed to understand the game to sell it effectively um, uh, to the buyers and, and players that I was that I was speaking to. So 
Um, started to play just in my local Portland area. Met some some great people, Wes Gabrielson, Enrique Ruiz, Curtis Campbell. Uh, you know some some names from the past, and Wes obviously is still very current. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know just got involved with the group with a bunch of guys my age, and and met some 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 really fun people. And you know it started for me just as a competitive hobby. Um, that's and that's all I thought it would be. I thought it's something I could stay in shape and still use my my racket and paddle skills. Uh, to transition to this other sport that I found really fun. Plus, it was something I was doing for work. So it was a it was a perfect mix. And yeah, as I started playing tournaments and kind of improving and working on my game and with pickleball growing um, as well, you know, opportunities started to come. I mean, there there were days where if you win five hundred dollars at a pickleball tournament, you you feel like you're on top of the world, right? Like. And, and now the money has gotten to a point where people have careers. Um, you know, I quit my full-time job, as, as you know, um, yes. to focus on pickleball, even at 42 years old, right? So um, it's it's a pretty exciting, pretty exciting sport to be a part of at this moment. And it's certainly come a long way in the, in the seven years that I've been playing, um, you know, and I can't wait to see where it's going to be just in a couple of years from now. Oh my gosh. It's amazing to hear your perspective because you have been playing the game for a while and your level is at the top like you're just such an amazing player and I wanted to ask how are you feeling in this moment about making the decision to go full-time I feel like I'm just so glad you did how are you feeling today about it yeah, you know, I, I think it's different for for each person, depending on where they're at in their stage of life. You know, yeah. there, there's some people that are maybe still in high school, some that just finished college and kind of have this this opportunity where they're pursuing it maybe before another career. Um, you know, for me, it's a little bit different. Married for 20 years, two kids, 16 and 13. I, I think I might be the only player on tour with teenage children, you know, so it's yeah. it's kind of a, a, a unique time for me. So you know, I, I enjoyed my time at head. I, I felt like it was ready. I was ready for a new challenge for, for something different. Uh, pickleball was there. I was pretty good at pickleball and uh, figured, you know, I'm, I'm going to take this, this opportunity. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. I'll figure out something else. But, you know, I didn't want to, I'd, I'd say one of my, I typically don't regret things, but one of my regrets in life was not pursuing tennis uh, in college. I just played high school tennis um, at a fairly high level, but just yeah. was, was burned out at the time. Yeah. So for pickleball, I didn't want to let a similar opportunity pass me by. At least now I can say that, you know, I took the plunge and I went all in and training and eating well and practicing consistently yeah. like a professional athlete should. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, we'll kind of, we'll see where it goes, but I've, I've taken the plunge and I've made the commitment and I won't, won't look back at this point. Oh, I think it's so inspiring. You know, I, wondered also how you balance you know being a dad and playing what is a typical day like for you uh it's a good question so i i would be remiss not to mention my very supportive wife beth i mean she's she's been there for since i was i met her when i was 17 years old at the university oh my of Oregon, gosh right? so so we've been together a long time um she's been very supportive of, of the whole decision to to go um, full-time pickleball. I wouldn't have made that decision without that support. Um, and, and she's kind of the rock. So when I'm at in Atlanta for five days, she's here with the kids and she works part-time as well. But, um, you know, she takes care of the day-to-day the -day stuff, you know, like homework, uh, making sure that, that certain things are getting done, 
Um, you know, and then when I come back, it's kind of a whirlwind and I probably step on toes and do things that I shouldn't necessarily do. Uh, but, but no, she's, she's the best and she's been, been terrific in helping me manage the whole process. And, um, you know, I, I think the thing that's really helped. So if there are other players out there that, you know, that have young kids and as they start to grow, um, getting them involved in, in what I'm doing or what they're doing really helps their um you know engagement with with uh with the sport so my daughter loves you know loves pickleball drama my son loves <laughs> to watch to watch me play he goes out and plays himself a lot of times he'll be in the garage hitting against the the ping pong wall um just to practice while i may be even on court on a stream or something because he just he loves the sport so much and so the buy-in from the from the family um really helps with with uh you know supporting me and uh, this this adventure that we're kind of all on together. Wow, that's great to hear. Yeah, that's good advice. I mean, you might be raising future pickleball pros in your family. I've seen, I think I've seen a video of your son playing and didn't yeah, you a tournament? You, you, it's it's interesting. Yeah, he's he, so he's not, uh, I'd say the temper uh, is, is the one thing we need to work on. He's very competitive. Uh, but he's extremely quick. Uh, he he okay. picks up, you know, new shots and he likes to imitate, you know, some of the other pros, not me, I'm not that exciting, but the other pros <laughs> he likes to imitate. Uh, so he's got his own style and, you know, I, I want to be real careful not, not to push it too hard. Right. I, I feel like maybe as, as a, as a junior playing tennis, and I think other tennis players can sometimes attest to this, that uh, it's a very competitive sport and you, know, you, you want to, you want your kid to do it because they enjoy it and uh, it's something they want to pursue. And so I'm, I'm being cautious there, uh, letting him kind of just let me know when he wants to play, you know, um, and that seems to be the best balance, at least at least for our family. Wow. OK, so I'll be looking for him on the tour and maybe your future partner. You never know. <laughs> I, I know we, we can play those uh, those mixed uh, the, the, the mixed pro events, I guess, split age events. Right. So he's 13 now. Maybe when I'm eight years from now, when I'm 50 and he's 21. There we go. Perfect. There you go. Dream team. Oh, yeah. that that is so awesome. Well, not too much of a shift, but definitely want to touch on the fact that you did work on the sales side of you know pickleball and I want to talk a little bit about paddle technology and how you feel like paddles have changed over the years what do you think of that like companies just trying to add more grit to paddles and all this kind of stuff what do you think about that subject yeah I, I mean compared to seven years ago when when I started paddles have come a long way right the the amount of top spin that you can generate uh you know uh, power that that you can counter with uh, makes a big difference. And for for some of those pros that have been around a long time, you know they're they're having a hard time adjusting uh, to to the new changes because you 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 can actually you can change your game uh, based on the paddle technology uh, yeah. compared to shots that you hit, you know years ago. Um, I think you'll find somebody like like Ben. I mean, Ben is constantly experimenting with new stuff, right? so he he had he had a little more basic game seven years ago. Uh, still did some things exceptionally well, but he's added uh, a bunch of new shots as a result of, uh, you know, paddle technology and being willing to change, right? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I guess selfishly, I would prefer that people can't hit topspin lobs on a third shot over my head. Uh, but, but I mean, I think it's great for the game. I think it's, it's exciting uh, for, for the game to have uh, the ability to hit these highlight, you know, highlight shots because of, 
the additional grit or the power uh, that the paddle provides. Um, you know, it, there is a limit, of course. Um, you know, if, if someone's hitting ground stroke winners, uh, maybe that's not in the spirit of, of pickleball. But yeah. I, I do like the, the hands exchanges. I do like the ability to shape the ball um, up into a point. It feels like we're, we're about at, at that limit with the current uh, parameters. Interesting. Okay, that's a good good perspective. It's definitely been changing over the years. And what's your favorite shot to hit? And do you have a tip for anyone who's trying to learn that shot? Yeah, yeah. So I've got two. Um, one shot I've been working on recently is lobbing, um, and okay. not lobbing off the bounce, but lobbing out of the air. Okay, wow. so I, I actually did it quite a few times this weekend in, in Atlanta. But if, if someone's dinking to me and I'm typically taking balls out of the air and just hitting a dink back or or not speeding up, you know, that they're they're not prepared for a lob. They're just prepared yeah. for a dink. Right. So if it's the right ball and I can take it out of the air and kind of pop it over their head with a little bit of topspin uh, again out of the air, uh, that seems to be pretty, pretty effective. Um, so I'd encourage players just to lob a little more often uh, when they're in control of the point, um, you know, and it just it backs people up from the line. and uh, I think in most four oh four five situations, they're going to have a very tough time getting that lob back back into yeah. the kitchen where they can reestablish themselves. So, so that's one. I'd say my my favorite shot over the seven years I've been playing is a misdirect backhand slice. So if I'm if I'm playing the left, and let me tell you, it, it doesn't work very often. <laughs> but when it when it does work, it's beautiful. So yeah. if I'm playing the left side and I'm dinking cross court uh, to the other person on the left side, occasionally. I'll try to hit a similar looking shot, but then take it up the line uh, with a little right. more pace. And it, it will sometimes fool that person. Usually I end up just eating a counter right in my in my face, but um, I'm sure you've gotten me a few times on that. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's uh, but it's my favorite shot. It, it, it's my favorite shot because it looks, it looks so good when it's successful, it fools the person. It does. No, that shot can get people and especially the law. Thank you for reminding me about how effective it was when you were playing men's doubles. And I mean, these points were out of control and you just, well, they were in control. Let me add that. But I mean, like the fact that you just decide to throw up a lob, I feel like an MLP format, even lobbying is scary because you know every point counts I don't know in the past I feel like I've always been like okay maybe I'll lob on my serve to try it but now too I am trying to lob more I think it's so effective and you just throw them up and it definitely I mean you were lobbing Riley right I mean it was just it yeah was great. well and, and and that's that's kind of set up based on what's happened in previous points right Riley yeah. is is I'm, I'm backing him up with counters and he's yeah. worried about me speeding up at him and so he's not prepared for a, a lob yeah. and you know, if, if, if I do it three, four times, yeah, by time four, that's, that's not so good. Uh, but, but maybe a time or two in a, in a game to 21, just to get him thinking about it, especially yeah. earlier on in the match. Uh, so he's thinking about it later, uh, is, is, you know, could be a good strategy, but yeah, either I had uh, ice water in the veins or I made some, some <laughs> bad decisions, but I, I worked out this time. So, yeah. Yeah. Did you love in tennis too, or um, my favorite shot in tennis was actually a cross court forehand dipping passing shot. That was, oh. my favorite. but uh, it's a little harder with paddle technology to hit that particular shot in pickleball. Um, I, tennis for me, it was doubles. I loved playing doubles. I loved closing out the net. I loved using my hand speed. Um, and I think that's, that's helped me um, transition to pickleball as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because 
not to talk about myself, but I was a lover in tennis. So I'm trying to just bring it more to the pickleball side because it's just, it just is so nice to hit an effective law. There's no better feeling than be like, oh, got him. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and your, your percentage of winning those points, if you can get it over their head to drop in the court is, is I don't know what the percentage is, but it's got to be high, right? You're, you're in major control of the point. So yeah, no, and, and you do such a good job with using your forehand, especially and redirecting balls to different spots of the court. So, you know, uh, throw, popping up a lob over their heads with a little bit of topspin. Yeah, it, it's, it works well. We're going to have to bring more lobs out. Well, oh my gosh, Eric, you're literally one of my favorite people to play with. We've gotten a team up for mixed doubles. I hope we get two more in the future. And whenever people ask me like, who do you love playing with? I always say you. So it's just an honor that when you first asked me to play, we got to play together. This was in 2022, but I have to bring up the story as a lesson to anyone listening to this podcast about when we were playing on center court at TOC against Matt and Lucy. And I felt like we had all the momentum in game three. Mind you, this was our first tournament together. And how we came out of the timeout and had, you the, know, the wrong, server the, wrong the, yep. the wrong side. I will never forget that because it was such a bummer. But just a tip for everyone. When you come out of a timeout, please check to make sure you're on the right side because that was a bummer. <laughs> it, it definitely does not hurt to ask the ref, you know, hey, is, is this correct, right? In, in a lot of cases now in the pro tournaments, you know, they, they correct you automatically. They won't let you proceed, which is good. Why didn't good. we have that when we- I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's good for people like us that can't keep the score straight, I guess, you know, but uh, but yeah, no, you, as a mixed doubles team, you know, you just, you make a lot of balls and- um, you know, I, I, I'm a little longer and can be aggressive. So we, we work well as a, as a mixed doubles team. I know Matt, Matt and Lucy have played together a bunch of times. They have a lot of chemistry. So, yeah. um, you know, that, that's a tough matchup, but we performed well up until yeah. uh, the middle of game three. Yes. So good to chat with you, Eric. There's so many things we can learn. I mean, before we go, I feel like I have to ask you, you know, I'm a very big karaoke person. I love going to those places with my friends. I don't know if you've ever been to one. I have. Oh, oh, wow. We didn't know we had a singer on our hands. No, no, no. So, so th this is, this is the thing. So I would definitely need um, a little bit of liquid courage. Okay. Uh, and I would need backup singer. So it sounds like you, you would be a good backup singer. Um, you know, if, if I had to choose a song, kind of my, my yes, go-to song. That's what I was going to ask. And, and mind you, I don't, uh, I don't get an opportunity to to sing uh, Tom Petty <laughs> Free Fallen very often, but that would be my choice uh, of song. Nice, good to know. Okay, so I'm gonna tell DJ Selkirk to play that at a tournament, so then you're ready to go before your match. <laughs> as long as I don't have to sing, uh, it's all good. We can play all the Tom Petty we want. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Well. Thank you so much, Eric, for coming on the Merry-Go-Round podcast. Thank you, everyone who listened, and we will see you next week. Thanks for having me, Mary. See ya. See ya.